If you are a Braveheart, the next hour is just for you. Welcome to Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold. In this program, you'll learn who the Bravehearts are and connect with them to help change the world. By doing so, you'll be changed for the better. Now, here's your host, Brian Reinbold. Welcome, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. Uh, why the mission specialist? Uh, well, I, you know, I had, was asked that recently. Uh, uh, the mission specialist, tell me more. And uh, it, um, uh, that's the that's the the idea that hey, I don't fly the rockets. I just help make sure the trip gets accomplished. And uh, you're tuned in to VoiceAmerica.com, where we're the leader in live internet talk radio. And I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America variety channel. You can connect with us at BraveHeartsForKids.org and BraveHeartsRadio.org, where you can find all the past episodes in the show link section. You can also donate now if you uh, like the work that we're doing and would like to help us continue this. Um, today, we're going to talk about, um, well, I had something on the, on the, on the agenda, and, and uh, we decided uh, before the show to talk about something else. Uh, what we're going to talk about, I think you'll love this, is the promise of our future. So we're really continuing a theme. Uh, where do we go from here? The promise of our future. And, and uh, my guest today is uh, Carl Sovak, Dr. Carl Sovak from uh, Bismarck, North Dakota, the University of Mary. And the, uh, the, the is it the dean of the uh, uh, Theraldson School of Business? Do I have that right, Carl? That's correct. I'm the dean of the Gary Theraldson School of Business here in University of Mary. That's right, Gary Thurlson. And you know, Gary I used to, long, long time ago, I played uh, uh, you know, city league basketball in the, in the same league as Gary played in. And we had some pretty competitive teams because I was playing with uh, some guys that were redshirting uh, on the basketball team. And Gary uh, had, a, had a way of uh, getting all the guys who played for the college and were still around town to play on his team. So uh, he had the uh, kind of a semi-pro, the Therrelson, uh uh, team and uh, I think you know Gary's Gary's always been a competitor and a winner uh, and and now Carl you're the uh, the dean of the Gary Theraldson School of Business um, that's that's fairly recent for you I think right yeah that uh, happened in July so my my world came upside down but uh, it's in a good way I think any time that we can challenge ourselves especially when I'm in the twilight of my career and my life uh, it's always good to have those challenges. You know that 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 uh, uh, the twilight of the career. Uh, actually, what when does it? Uh, we, we, there's something biblical about uh, six score years or something like that. And so I I have just reached middle age by that reckoning. Um, maybe you're probably not even quite there yet. So. Yeah, I'm about middle age. If I lived to 120, so. <laughs> And uh, you know, this is something statistically about uh, about men that I think is kind of interesting. And I, I remember reading recently that uh, the average, when when interviewed, the average uh, the average um, uh, man responded to the idea, "When does middle age begin?" And the average is fifty five. So I thought, hey, that's I'll I'll, I'll go with that. But how many hundred and ten year olds do you know? So, um, we didn't, I, normally I promise we won't have any algebra on the program. Uh, I, I do get into geometry sometimes, but um, 
Well, we, what, we, uh, what uh, Carl, you and I talked about uh, just before we got on the air with the show is uh, the promise of our future. And you mentioned that you are, um, uh, you're really excited about that. I am. I am. Yeah, we, uh, we have what's called an Emerging Leaders Academy here. That was founded under Harold Schaefer, another great person from the state of North Dakota. For those who aren't familiar with the history, I mean, when we talk about the namesake of our school, Gary Tharaldson, certainly there's a rich history there. Harold Schaefer goes back even a little bit further, and uh, that's our Emerging Leaders Academy, the Harold Schaefer Emerging Leaders Academy that we founded in about the year 2000. So it's been going 20 years strong, and we've had some fantastic graduates from that program. But we're right now we're interviewing uh, for scholarship for incoming seniors or seniors that are incoming freshmen next fall. And what I found from those uh, interviews, we asked them a variety of different questions. What makes them stand out against their peers? Uh, what have they learned from their failures? What do they expect uh, from their program? And who are some leaders that are they find as, a, as an exemplar of quality leadership? And I am just so impressed with the answers that they give. And they're not blowing smoke at us. They're not trying to say, this is who I'm not. They're very authentic in what they're trying to do. And in all that they're offering in terms of what they're doing as seniors, uh, what they've done throughout high school and what they promise to bring to our school over the next four years. And like I said, very encouraged with some of the uh, designs that they've been a part of and what they have in terms of their future to bring to the table when they come to our program. And when you say who are some of the leaders, um, uh, are there any that stand out from the uh, from the application process that they that they point to and say the, this is who I look up to? This you know what I love is they're they're not even coming up with the, the names that you would think of. Some are talking about the divisiveness and politics and how they're so discouraged from that that they have to just look internally. And it's their teachers. Uh, sometimes it's their siblings. Sometimes it's their mom and dad, their mm-hmm. grandparents. Um, they're pro- pointing to a more personal touch than they are looking for somebody outside of their own circle of friends or outside in a much larger room. The one thing that I think is even more promising is not one celebrity came up in any of our interviews so far, and I've interviewed over a dozen students. So that's a promise to me that we're not having, well, somebody I look up to is Kim Kardashian or whomever it might be, right? Yeah, right. Well, and, you know, I, I, I've... Uh... I've, I've made the joke, uh, you probably heard me tell this joke about how, you know, Kim Kardashian, for example, must be the most important person in the world because uh, a lot of, uh, most of the time I spend out these days is getting groceries. And if you're in the, in the waiting line at the grocery store, uh, the, the celebrities that are uh, front and center on the, on the paper, on the magazines that are um, in the, in the, in the waiting area, to check out of the grocery store must be the most important people in the world. I, I thought so. Uh, that that's where um, you know some some of the people that we would look to as leaders. They probably don't show up there anymore unless there's a like a time special edition or something like that. Um, but but really, in all seriousness, it is nice and refreshing to see that they don't have to have that standard. Oh, I look to whoever that you know flavor of the month or flavor of the year might be, and yeah. I look looking to the people that are are really involved in their lives, the people who are influential in um, pushing them with Mm -hmm. with a little bit more of an insistence, discipline. Uh, Those are the types of things. And and when they talk about those stories and the people that come into their lives, it's like I said, very refreshing to me. I really enjoy listening to their stories. 
Yeah, you know it. it it's uh, it's interesting that you you mentioned that they sometimes will say their mom or their dad, and uh, when um, when they um, I, I used to be very involved with the Hugh O'Brien Leadership Program, which uh, had its roots at the University of Mary, uh, you know, forty years ago when I first got involved with it, and uh, we would we would interview. Uh, the, some of the students, you know, high school sophomores that were there, that were uh, identified as among the uh, most promising leaders, and then two of those students would be selected to attend the international leadership program, which at that place took place in Washington D.C. Now it takes place in Loyola in uh, Chicago when they have a live program. Uh, but I, I, I distinctly remember a couple of the. Uh, the students standing out and talking about their moms in particular as the person they looked up to. Yeah, I bet it was uh, out of the dozen students that I've interviewed so far, I bet three of them referenced their mom. Yeah. Uh, a couple of them re referenced their dad and a couple of their siblings. And I think that just shows a testament of the families. I mean, we are catering to a more uh, a population Catholic, strong Catholic identity. So we're seeing people come from larger families uh, where, you know, this, this one student talked to me and she said her dad lost his job two years ago and all the different types of things that they had to go through and give up uh, until he found another, another position. And um, she just really admired how he went through the perseverance and really gave of himself so the family could still continue to have things. She said, just as, as something as like coffee, he gave up coffee so the rest of the family could have their coffee allowance and it reminded me of, you know, watching little house on the prairie or some of these old shows where they would have, Hey, we have this much to go and each person can have this much and divvy it up. And I, I mean, we're starting to see some of those things come back to the forefront in terms of the, the allowance of, of what people can have and how really people sacrifice for on behalf of their kids to make sure their kids have a better life than they did. Yeah. That, and that was something that I think the, um, We've we've seen that generation after generation uh, here, and you know, being from North Dakota, most of the people that we know have only been here a while. Not 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 going back hundreds and hundreds of years, uh, except for for the for the natives uh, that that uh, you know that uh, that have much much uh, longer term roots. But uh, like my my uh, my parents were both first generation Americans. And my mom, who uh, would be 94 this coming Thursday, uh, passed away last year in May. And that was something, you know, she, she always was looking out for uh, the kids. You know, the talk about putting, putting uh, uh, others ahead of your own interests. That, 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 that's, that's the way I think of mom and, and, and her mom, too. Yeah, and, and those are the stories that are coming from the, from the children. Is there are these kids that come in here? They're saying, you know, my parents sacrificed. They're making sure that I can have a good education. Uh, they didn't have that same education. They came from a different background, um, and it's amazing to me that they're trying to carry that forward. And they're really doing this not only just for themselves, but to to help their family be a little bit better, live up to their. You know, I want to be somebody that my brother or my sister can be proud of. You mentioned they come from, uh, typically they'll come from larger families. Um, and, uh, you know, some, some of the, uh, the, the families that uh, we know in North Dakota are, 
are, are really large families. You know, my, my parents came, were both eight, ten, ten children. And, uh, you know, I was, I just have one brother and one sister, but uh, uh, probably 60 or 70 first cousins. Yep. You know, so yep. that's, uh, yeah. And, you know, the other thing that we're seeing out of this dozen students that I've seen so far, nine of them are from out of state. So we're starting to attract a different generation of students coming from different areas. Uh, two of them were from near Chicago area. Oh. And, uh, and and looking for that strong Catholic identity in a school. And, um, you know, we have some that, that were coming from St. Louis and we have some from Texas and uh, just a variety of different places. Only three of those have come from the state of North Dakota. So I think it's important that we're starting to attract that. We're tar- oh, yeah. starting to attract those individuals from out of the state. There is a tremendous uh, advantage <laughs> to the diversity of um, uh, people from different backgrounds, different geographies, uh, outside the country as well uh, at this point, or, or not so much yet? You know, international is pretty tough these days. If they're here, they're, they're able to stay. But if they're if they're trying to come in, it's pretty difficult to get them in here these days. Yeah, that's right. You know, something I, I, I haven't traveled, uh, my gosh, last, I guess the last time I was on an airplane was the, the last time I saw you up in Bismarck. Yeah, you know, uh, in in October last year, and you know, don't, don't even you know for I don't I I didn't travel a whole lot anyway, but for people that uh, would would have uh, traveled from Europe, for example, or from other parts of the world uh, to the United States or or anywhere uh, between and amongst these countries, that's uh, that's just a different story now. So yeah, our world is changing in a lot of different ways, but this is nice that it brings us together when we're able to find that virtual space. Certainly, it doesn't take account of the social needs that we have to interact face to face, but mm-hmm. at least we're here. That's right. And, uh, you know, and uh, we will talk more about that when we come back. We're going to take a going to take a break here. It does sound uh, very, very homespun North Dakota. Uh, we're going to going to take a break here and uh, uh, be back uh, with you on Brave Hearts Radio uh, with uh, Dr. Carl Sovac and talking about the promise of our future. Stick with us. We will be back on the other side of 60 Seconds. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Bravehearts Radio is sponsored by Bravehearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. Streaming live 
the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also email Brian. His email is missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. You're tuned in to voiceamerica.com. We're the leader in live internet talk radio, and I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. You know, now we're doing our mission building coaching and retreats on Zoom video, especially for nonprofit organizations and social enterprises. So for a free consultation, you can connect with me at missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org or uh, calendly.com slash the mission specialist. I signed up for that uh, calendly because uh, I, I really appreciated it when other people that that had that uh, had it so that I could uh, pick a time to get together with them instead of this, uh, hey, does Tuesday work? Now Tuesday doesn't work. How about Wednesday? Now Wednesday. How many? It, 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 you know how it is to go back and forth, and especially texting seems to me, oh my gosh, it, can't we just pick up the phone and schedule something? Uh, and uh, Carl, you're you're one of the guys, um, Dr. Carl Sovak from the University of Mary, the uh, dean of the Gary Therrelson School of Business. Uh, my guest today, Carl, you're you're one of the guys that. Uh, that is on my short list of people that I will call without an appointment for the call. Uh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> and absolutely. When I see it, I say, okay, do I really want to take this? Because it might be a half hour, 45 minutes. No, I always, I never screen your calls. I always take it when I'm able to. I, I you know, I, I love having that, uh, that, that, that group of group of people that are on that. Uh, and it seems like it is kind of a short list because uh, it occurred to me um, as something kind of funny, uh, and I tend to look at the funny side of things, when I made a call to someone a few years ago, and, and he said, did we have this call scheduled? And I thought, wow, it's a call. <laughs> we scheduled a radio show, but we didn't necessarily schedule a phone call. And uh, last week, uh, Wally Goulet was on the phone, was on the call, uh, on the on the show, and we were talking about uh, where do we go from here. Uh, and I hadn't talked to him for a while, uh, but but he also is somebody that, uh, and I know the feeling is, uh, I think when he answers the phone, he's got to wonder, is this going to be an hour or an hour and forty minutes? Do I have that time? You know, yeah, we will just get on and, and talk um, and I, I told him you're going to be on the phone or on the call this week or uh, the, the show this week and uh, he, he was pretty excited about that so Wally I hope you're listening today and uh, Dr. Carl Sovac is with me here today we're talking about the promise of our future and the, the University of Mary and the leadership uh, that, that you build uh, amongst the young people there. You know, and, and you make a great point there in terms of what's next. And and I've been kind of dialoguing with a number of, of individuals about what's next. And I think the biggest thing, particularly for my generation, our generation, if I should put, or those people who are in authority, particularly in higher education, is to really uh, understand that they have to listen. 
Um, instead of us providing a menu and a, a course of action for people to take, uh, I think it's important for us to listen to these young people because they have a lot to offer. And, uh, and I shared that with you earlier of uh, the things that they learn from their failures. They're not, uh, they're very vulnerable in what they're talking about. I've, I've failed a lot. Let me pick one. And I was very impressed because that's a question that we ask of all of them of how quickly they are to say, you know, I fail and I fail a lot, but I learn from it and I don't make the same mistake twice. These are things that you hear from more seasoned veterans, more seasoned individuals like ourselves. Um, these are young people who are now, and again, not just answering those questions to say, well, I think this is what they'll like to hear. Mm-hmm. They're very sincere and quick to the point on the stories that they have in relation to the failures that they've had on which they don't learn to delegate properly or they don't empower people properly or they don't learn what somebody's strength is and they put them into a situation where they're not really um, suited for that. These are, like I said, these are stories that you would hear from somebody who's been in business a long time or who has been in a leadership position for a long time. So again, I'm very impressed when you talk about what's next. My my answer to that would be, let's listen. Let's listen to what this generation has to say because I think they have a lot of promise and a lot to say to us. Do you think that because of the pace of our world and the pace of technology and the the, the early adapter uh, mindset of younger people that that they pick up on things like uh, like like the failures and and what they should get from it? I do think that they're learning a little bit more from what doesn't work. Again, the polarization within the United States has been very, very present. I think they also don't know how much of media, social media to trust, uh, particularly social media and, and the types of activities that are taking place on there. I don't think that they have really good examples outside of their family that they can point to from leadership. So they really are looking more towards an internalization of myself. How can I do an interior examination and how do I fit into all of this mix? I think there's a big combination of a lot of things that come into play when it comes to understanding leadership and their role in leadership. But I do, I think that, that they learn from the failure of others. They learn from their own failures and they're willing to admit that. I, I can't tell you when I was that age that I would have been willing to admit Oh, yeah, it's my fault. Yeah, I made the mistake. It wasn't my fault. I mean, there was a lot of finger pointing. There was a lot of blame. And you're not seeing that from this generation. That's why I say I think there's great promise. And it's just a matter of us uh, getting out of their way, basically, if, if, if you had my uh, two cents on that. Well, if you you know if you're uh, if you're uh, getting away from the blaming uh, and finger pointing, that uh, to me that's an indication of of a high level of emotional maturity. Uh, so that's impressive. Absolutely. And, you know, we we talk about social media and we talk about all of this that some people say, you know, that it's gotten worse or whatever. All I think, and I'm a big very Gary Vee fan, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk says that it's just revealed us. We have been we have been revealed. We've been we've been exposed. And a lot of us don't like what's been exposed, but that's our true self. That's who we are. You can sit there and say they hide behind keyboard warriors and all that kind of stuff. But that's the way people have always been. And now they just have a new platform that they can play on and can hide hide behind that. But their true self is being revealed. And that's why when you come out into the, the light of day, these students are saying, this is the way that I want to be. I wanted to be an exemplar um, leader. I want to be an example for my, again, my peers or my family. I want somebody that, uh, you know, be somebody that somebody can be proud of. I want to leave the world better than when I left it. You hear all these things. Like I said, these are things that you would hear from more seasoned people. 
And we're starting to hear that from our 17, 18 year olds. So that's why I say we have a promise of the future. Uh, if we just allow these individuals to have a voice. And I think that you'll, you'll see that particularly here on campus, we give them that voice and, uh, it is probably more a little conservative in nature, but it is also something that's very illuminating coming from the younger generation. Mm-hmm. Well, there's something we've talked about, and I, I call it circular mentoring, is the idea that uh, uh, if you have a mentoring program that's just older white guy, younger white guy, you know, top down like that, you're, you're going to get left in the dust. Uh, everyone that comes to the table has something that everyone else that comes to the table can learn from. And, uh, and, and I think young, younger people get that and they, they realize, you know, I know something that, uh, that Brian doesn't know or that Carl doesn't know. And, uh, and I'd like to help them get better at this. That's exciting. It is. And, and it's funny that you mentioned that. Like I said, out of the dozen students that I mentioned, I would say eight of them said, not only do I want to be mentored, but I have a lot to offer and I want to mentor others. Do you have that opportunity for me to mentor others? And we do. We provide that for our upperclassmen in our Emerging Leaders Academy, actually mentor the, the younger freshmen and sophomores. And that was an opportunity that they really, their eyes lit up that I'm going to get an opportunity to showcase my skill set to a younger generation and maybe help them navigate or, or avoid the mistakes that I made when I was that age as I become a little bit older. But I do think that they come in with a lot more uh, knowledge, a lot more understanding, a lot more empathy, a lot more compassion for other people. And that's, that's a, again, a promise to me to allow these people to showcase those skills to somebody else, particularly somebody like me. An old dog can learn new tricks. Mm-hmm. I truly believe that. And I think, again, it's just a matter of listening to this generation and allowing them to provide that knowledge that you might need to improve yourself. Well, you mentioned the old dogs, and for, you know, for a long time, I, I made the joke I should have a uh, mentoring program to uh, explain my smartphone. You know, matching me up with a fifth grader, and and people would laugh at that. Just like live presentation, people would laugh at that. Now that, that's how I'd introduce the idea of circular mentoring. But I, I for a long time, I, I had this idea. I'm not good with technology. I get, you know, I'm an old-fashioned guy. I, I pull doors. I walk in, shake hands, make eye contact. We get results the old-fashioned way. And my, my coach at the time asked me, well, couldn't you be more effective than that if you, uh, if you were also good with technology? And I thought, man, you got me there. And so what we did is instead of trying to do an about face and say, now I'm good with technology because we can't credibility, won't, personal credibility won't allow us to do that 180 turn unless we've got a bigger and better program. And my bigger and better program is something everyone has, I believe. I'm good at learning things. And we, we all have that, uh, the, the old dog, new tricks uh, BS. Uh, that's, that, that, that's not true. That's kind of like, oh, I'm getting old, I'm forgetting things. Well, we've always been forgetful. And uh, it's it just that we've been told, as you get older, you should be worrying about it more. Probably true. You know, I, I have always said, and I really like this saying too, it's amazing how much smarter my dad has gotten since I've gotten older. You know, the things that my dad taught me or the things that my dad told me, they didn't really make any sense. But, man, now that that he's gotten a little bit older, I, I can't believe how smart he was back in those days. But really, it's me and my maturity. But I think that that, again, is another side of what we're looking at here is the maturity, the maturation of these students. And maybe it comes from social media. Maybe it comes from having the, the advent of the smartphone. 
It's how these students now are, are gathering their information and the wealth of information that they have at their disposal that we are starting to see in this, this mature, the mature student that comes in here. Again, amazing the types of things that they bring to the table. And mm-hmm. if you're not willing to learn from them, if you're not willing to open your eyes and ears and listen to them, uh, you're missing out on some really incredible knowledge that you could be gathering from them. Well, and, and when they, you know, they, they, they are quick to verify things. Uh, and that, that's something I've noticed is, uh, you know, we, we're sitting at the table thinking, well, let's see, the largest river in the world by flow is the Amazon. The second largest is the Congo. The third largest is a tributary to the Amazon. I can't remember the name. And I would be just content with knowing that it was that, not knowing the name of it. But if you've got an eighth grader with you, you they're going to, they're going to, um, well, verb Google it to, uh, uh, you know, and, and they're going to, we're going to, then we'll know it, you know. So, um, hey, uh Fascinating uh, conversation today with uh, Dr. Carl Sovac on Bravehearts Radio. We are going to take another break and be back on the other side of 60 Seconds. Stick with us. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google. Play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Bravehearts Radio is sponsored by Bravehearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also email Brian. His email is mission specialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. Uh, you know, coming into uh, the third segment, I always have a little bit of a shout out to the National Day Calendar, nationaldaycalendar.com, one of the great supporters of the Brave Hearts for Kids Pediatric Cancer Charity. And today is uh, November 16th. Uh, today's uh, National Days are Button Day, uh, Fast Food Day, and Indiana Day. Uh, you know, a few weeks back, I had uh, the... Uh, uh, the, the fingerless kitchen and uh, Ank Gear, uh, my, my guests, and uh, Scott from Ank Gear, uh, they're, they're uh, doing uh, 
buttonless, uh, or, you know, the, the, the magnetic zipper uh, for, for people that have uh, challenges uh, uh, putting together, uh, you know, getting a zipper started. Uh, interesting stuff there. Um, fast food day. Just uh, quickly got to tell you the story about the time, and this is uh, in North Dakota, this would be pheasant season. Uh, also deer season, I suppose. Now, but, uh, my dad and I, uh, dad also uh, got a lot smarter over the years and uh, miss him a lot. We used to go hunting in the western part of North Dakota, and he, I think, literally knew everyone there, and they knew him. Um, we pulled into a farm one time, and this uh, zzz, uh, something went whizzing by, and uh, uh, we, we stopped, talked to the farmer, and, and dad said, hey, what was that? Uh, what were we seeing whizzing by? Too fast to even notice. And the guy said, "He said that's my new breed of chickens." And uh, he said he had uh, he had uh, uh, done some market research and found that the uh, drumstick was the most popular part of the chicken. So they bred a chicken with three legs. And uh, Dad said, "Boy, that's a good idea." I said, "How do they taste?" The guy said, "I don't know. I've never caught one." You know, what's, what's, what's neat about that story is that my dad, I don't know when I first heard that from my dad, but Sherry's dad told that story. She said, that was a, that was a story that her dad told. So I'm wondering where that story comes from. That probably comes from an old radio show back before there was TV and, and radio was the, the main form of entertainment. Uh, not, not like, like us guys that, uh, you know, we're radio and then podcast and, uh, you know, that, uh, but we have people all over the world listening to this now. So that's almost like a dad joke too, though. <laughs> a dad, a dad, a dad <laughs> a joke. Dad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned, uh, as, uh, uh, we, we tend to understand more about the, the perspective of, of our of our parents as, as we get older. I, long ago, I said uh, the reason that we get to be grandparents is is that uh, by the time we're done being parents, we've kind of got that figured out. And if you go back and not make the mistakes you made early on, uh, then you'd be a good grandparent. So true. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> uh, young people are saying, "I don't make the same mistake again." Yeah, we. Uh, we, we talked to them about, you know, what, what was the failure or where did you fall short and what did you learn from that? And uh, again, their questions are, or their answers are very candid and very honest. They are okay with being vulnerable. And when we talk to them about characteristics of leaders, they say vulnerability, you know, empathy and vulnerability are two areas that, that really are what allows them to understand leaders better or get to, to be like that type of leader is they understand the vulnerability is somebody that can admit that they made a mistake. Somebody that says, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not the one that, that has that answer, but I can get you to somebody who has, they really respect more, more, more respect to those types of leaders. You mentioned empathy, vulnerability, and respect. And they seem like uh, important characteristics of trust. Trust, trust is number one. But you know, it's amazing of all of them, they didn't list trust as being important, trustworthy. I think what they do is they expect that to be a part of it, right? If you're going to be vulnerable, if you're going to be respectful, if you're going to understand others, you're going to be empathetic, you're going to be compassionate. There has to be a level of trust there. It's almost like it's, it's expected that you don't have to say, well, I think a leader needs to be trusted. That kind of comes with the territory that if you're in a leadership role, you have to be trusted to be that leader. 
Yeah, I, I mean, an analogy, um, and I'm borrowing this from uh, uh, my friend John Blumberg, is uh, the trust would be analogous to the, the fabric and um, respect and empathy, uh, you know, would be would be uh, uh, fab, um, would be um, uh, fibers of that, that create the the fabric, create the garment. Yeah, that would be almost like too, like saying, "What do you need to to be successful in life?" You know, but, well, oxygen. I need oxygen, and I need water. Right? I mean, those are givens. And so I think trust is one of those givens when you're talking about it. The other thing, when they when you ask them about that aspect in terms of what's expected or what we would expect from a leader, uh, good communicator. And I don't think that any one of them said that they, they have to be a good communicator. And yet, every one of the examples that they gave said, I have to be able to communicate well with people or miscommunication will will break the trust, we'll do this, we'll do that. So they're giving these examples without really defining what we would say are, you know, the, the uniqueness of what we would think as leader. The other thing that was that was really striking when they were talking about it is that in order to lead, you have to be a good follower, that you have to be able to say, I'm willing to do that. I'm not willing to put somebody else in a way. Again, these are things that we're hearing from a much more mature older generation that these younger generations are starting to pick up on and say, that's really what I would like to be led by, or that's who I would really like to be led by somebody who is willing to roll up. You know, when um, you talk about who would, how the, how they want to be led, uh, something that occurred to me is, is the idea of the university of Mary is uh, known as America's leadership university, right? Is, uh, if I have the, the, the moniker, right. Well, that was the old tagline. Our new tagline is for life. You're here for oh. life, education for life, leadership for life. But we still are, yes, America's Leadership University. Okay, so America, it's a, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a graduating class behind, I suppose. But there you America, go. You know, but one of the things that occurred to me, you know, over the years, and in, in, in hearing that, and, and thinking, well, if everybody's going to be a leader, who's going to be a follower? And then I, I realized that the most important leadership role that we have is is leading ourselves, finding out where we're going. Agreed. You know, and that's the whole thing about it. When we started and founded on the on the philosophy of servant leadership, it was really an archaic thing. How how can you be a servant and be a leader? And yet, when you find out about it, then you see that the majority of individuals who are leading are actually serving. And I know I around in this new role of mine is going around and making sure that the well-being of my faculty, the well-being of my students are priority number one. And they probably ad nauseum always in their office, hey, how's everything going? Is there anything you need from me? And I don't think that they've had that in many, many years, particularly the students, is that there would be somebody who's investing in their success because we know that their success is a direct reflection of the program that they're in. And so if we have successful students out there, they're going to say, where did you get your education and and how did you get to be the way that you are? Well, I had somebody who invested in my success. And that's, to me, that's something that I know I didn't have that, particularly in my undergrad. Uh, It was just a matter of getting through the courses and and going out and try and find a good job, that type of stuff. Now we have faculty and we have even peers that are interested in their peers doing well. And you see more and more collaboration among students. You see a lot of collaboration with students and faculty outside the classroom and a lot of people sitting around in the, in the, uh, in the areas 
and uh, you know having lunch or having a, a beverage together and talking about everything in life and it's mm-hmm. it doesn't have to do with school it doesn't have to do with a particular problem in class it has to do with life and how can we be much better in helping others navigate particularly at this time when social has really been social distancing is what's caused us to distance it seems like we isolate ourselves i mean yes we're social here Mm-hmm. But it's not the same as face-to-face when you and I used to sit down in the cafeterias and mm-hmm. have those face-to-face conversations. And, you know, wherever the conversation led us, it led us. Um, but I think this generation is starting to adapt to this, what I call the normal now. This is mm-hmm. what it's going to be. It's going to be this way from now on, and we're going to have to figure it out. And I think this generation has started to figure it out. And that's why I say we have to listen because they've kind of got it started figuring it out. And we're going to be a part of, of that or we're going to be left behind well and the 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 normal now has uh has con- i think one of the things it's done is it's given us uh, a sense of when we get a chance to get together oh my gosh we've got to really appreciate that and uh, i mean if you've seen a coca-cola ad recently they don't they hardly have anything to do with with coca-cola except for the feeling of the of the event and and you know things i think one of the lines is you know the feeling the things that we were always able to do now they mean more and and those those things about getting together but on the flip side of that and the other side of the coin perhaps is the idea that uh we have an opportunity to connect with people that we we wouldn't have met before and uh, all, all from all over, literally all over the world. And you're in higher education, so you connect with people all over the world uh, anyway. But I think that's become ubiquitous. It's uh, it's really gotten to the point where uh, p- people, you know, the, and by talking, the more you talk to people, the smaller the world gets. That's a good thing. Yeah, you, you, you make a great point. There are individuals that I've talked to in my in my times that I probably would never have talked to. Well, maybe not never is a tough word, but I would have been less inclined to talk to because it would have been, oh, that's a time, whatever difference and stuff like that. But now it's a matter of being able to connect with them and knowing what time it is there. I'm, I'm familiar with my friend in Moscow or my friend in Israel. I know what time it is there and I know, you know what I need to do when I'm reaching out. And they know the same, you know, they're not going to send me something at, at one o'clock in my morning, they're, they're going to wait until the, the time comes because they know that my phone might buzz and wake me up. And it's incredible to be able to have that outreach and, and that touch to individuals, like you said. And, and certainly I agree with you is that we have to learn to be grateful for everything that we get, right? Every, almost every present moment that we have, we've got to learn to be more grateful for it. That sounds like a, a great segue into our final break. And then when we come, come out, I've got something to, to tag onto that with uh, because uh, we're, 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 we're down to the home stretch here on uh, Bravehearts Radio with Dr. Carl Sovac. Uh, stick with us. We'll be back on the other side of 60 Seconds. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. 
Brave Hearts Radio is sponsored by Brave Hearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reingold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reingold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also email Brian. His email is missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the Mission Specialist. You're tuned in to voiceamerica.com, where we're the leader in live internet talk radio. I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. I've got with me today as my guest, Dr. Carl Sovak from the University of Mary in Bismarck, North Dakota. Uh, Carl, you, you, you and I have known each other for for uh, I guess quite a few years now, sure. And uh, uh, some some of the some of the best experiences that I can remember. I just I'm, uh, I I wanted to go back uh, before before I lose this uh, to the um, the idea that we left off uh, before this uh, segment about uh, gratitude. And what what was it that you said about uh, put you on the spot? <laughs> forget what I said about gratitude. I just think that we have to learn to be grateful for the things that we take take advantage of in our daily lives, right? We take it for granted that this is going to be available or that's going to be available, and we rarely give it a second thought. And so, you know, even something as simple as going to the grocery store and be able to pick something up, I was looking for stroganoff packages the other day. I can't find any. I don't know what's happened to those, but I'm just saying is little things. I wanted stroganoff, and it's not there. So, you know, that's that's the sad thing about it is be grateful for when we have this. Oh, my God, just stroganoff would be some canola oil, some slight chopped onion, chopped garlic, uh, uh, some round steaks sliced thin. I like to freeze it a little bit uh, so it slices real thin. And then, uh, you know, you, anyway, I give you the recipe for stroganoff. You send me, you send me that recipe. <laughs> there has to be those know. little packets that you dump in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there'd be a little, there'd be a little red wine, little, little of, uh, yeah. Uh, it, yeah a, a few years ago, I had this idea that we should have a, uh, a cooking show because as divisive as things can be, we like to eat each other's food. That's right. And I, I, I have, you know, we, we were talking about having friends from all over the world. We've got, uh, you know, a, a, a study partner in, in, uh, in one group. I know a lifetime learner here. I you know, study partner in one group. She's, um, uh, 
She's German, but she's in China. And I have another study partner uh, from another group who is uh, Ukrainian, but she's uh, uh, she's at the University of Minnesota. Uh, it's uh, you know it's a small world, and the 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 uh, the more we talk to people, the smaller it gets. Uh, two weeks ago, I had uh, Daniel Gutierrez on the on the show, and uh, Daniel uh, got out of the, uh, the 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 runaround business world a few years ago, and he bought a retreat in Peru. Uh, the uh, Catalina retreat, and uh, I'll be attending the virtual retreat there this weekend again. And just a, a quick plug for the uh, Catalina uh, retreat center in uh, in Peru. Uh, but what Daniel was talking about is the idea of uh, when we uh, can accept life as it is, we can have more gratitude. And we had an interesting discussion about that because I thought it was the other way around. When we have more gratitude, we can accept life as it is. Uh, where do you fall on that one? Yeah, I, no, I, I agree with you. As I, I think what comes around goes around. So if I'm grateful for more, more is going to come to me. If I'm less grateful, I think less is going to come my way. Um, so I, I'm not the one that, that waits until there's an abundance um, you know, I try to create that abundance. And part of that, that abundance is, like I said, living in the, in the authentic life is making sure that you're making sure everybody else is doing well. If others around you are doing well, then you can put your head on the pillow at night and say, hey, I did a pretty good job here making sure that they're taken care of. Um, I've had people reach out to me and say, hey, I'm really struggling. I, I, I don't I don't know if I can get through this. And I'm like, okay, what, what do you need from me? What would you like? And this is where I say the listening aspect comes into play. We have to listen. I can't offer them and give them, here's what you should do. Because that's the last thing that they really need to hear is what they should be doing. It's, it's you extending yourself to them. And I always said this, you know, that when people's needs are revealed to you, that's when you make the determination, am I the best one suited for this? And sometimes you might have to pass that along to somebody else. But for the most part, you make sure that you're the one that can really help that individual. But the only way that that comes through is the help that can, comes through is by you listening to what their real needs are. Yeah, and, and uh, a lot of times it's not offering a solution. Uh, well, maybe not a lot of times. Maybe that's, maybe that's the thing, not offering a solution, but uh, perhaps being the solution. My, my sense of uh, being optimistic uh, rather than uh, showing rather than saying, you know, you, you should be more optimistic, uh, to just to be more optimistic and, yeah. and have that, uh, 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 you know, get, and this was the, uh, uh, the flip side of, uh, of, of Daniel's, uh, uh, program, um, was the, uh, the idea that you can only experience one thing in the, in the current moment. So to be mindful of, of the current moment, and, and I can't, this came up on a call this morning, uh, man, I'm really worried about the future. Um, okay, so uh, uh, you, you, the, the only thing that, and I just re relayed what, what he said, is, is how are you right now, right now at this moment? Yeah, and, and I know I, I adopted, I got little stickers made up that says stop doing and start being. And it is, it's, it's being more kind, it's being more patient, it's being more to somebody else and what they need. 
um, you know, start being what other people need you to be. Start being what God created you to be. I think if everybody started living that mantra, you know, and that's why I have these stickers, I'll just post them up all around and people say, well, what do you mean by start being? Well, it's being these types of things instead of going out there and doing. Your action doesn't have to be a doing action. It's a being action. And, um, you know, it, in trying to explain that to people, like I said, these young people get it. They understand yeah. what being means. And so I don't go out and try to crack the tough nuts. I go out to the ones that are willing to listen and say, yeah, tell me a little bit more about what I can do, what I can stop doing and how I can start being a better friend or a better husband or a better spouse. You know, those are the types of things that I like to engage in, in the individuals. Uh, I got to get some of those stickers from you um, and, uh, uh, and start working on, on more, more being. Uh, I'll pass them along to you. Here, here they are. We'll get them out. We'll, we'll make sure everybody has one. There's the, there's the stop doing and start being stickers. So, I'll uh, make sure you get one. All right. Well, I want to thank the Bravehearts for joining us this week. Uh, you know, we've done this before, and time just absolutely flies by. Um, thank you for joining us this week. We've been talking about the promise of our future, and uh, I think it sounds really good and very bright, uh, with uh, Dr. Carl Sovak from uh, the uh, University of Mary, Bismarck, North Dakota, you're here on Bravehearts Radio on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember to check out BraveHeartsForKids.org and please consider donating now. And uh, join us every Monday at 3 p.m. Central Time. Uh, you can work out the details yourself. Uh, and remember that doing good anywhere does good everywhere. And we'll see you next week. I'll be back. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us this week for Bravehearts Radio. Be sure to tune in for another edition featuring your host, Brian Reinbold. The show can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk again next time. 